this idea of like training people to be these heartless monsters who see others as nothing but stepping stones to greatness. I know there are colleges who teach people that, like business schools teach people that. Like first day of USC, remember when they just shot that guy? Right in the... <laughs> and, and, they were, and they were like, "Look, he didn't do anything wrong, but now you know we're serious." <laughs> I really hope that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting! It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And today we have a very special guest. He is a professional mixed martial arts artist. He is number 10 in the UFC featherweight rankings and he is a self-professed anime junkie. Please welcome to the show Sadiq Yusuf. Yes sir, yes sir. Thank you all for having me man. It's a pleasure to be on here. Like I said when I found you guys this podcast I was like man this is a super dope concept for a podcast and I sent out a bat signal and you guys said I could come through. Absolutely. <laughs> That's how it works for those listening at home. How did you first start watching Full Metal and maybe even anime in general? And like, what's your relationship to the show? The anime one, I can't even remember when I started. I think that's just been like a lifelong thing. It's like, I've always been more attracted to watching animes over regular TV shows just because of the lessons that come with it, especially when you're a kid, you know, it's, um, I don't know, like I've always felt like I was like born to do something great. So like whenever I watch like anime and stuff like that, it always like reinforces that feeling. And they're always talking about training and getting better and blah, blah. And, right. You know, that translates directly to what I do in life. But yeah, the anime has always been there from day one. But with Full Metal Alchemist, I for sure I know I was watching it in middle school. I don't know if I was watching it in elementary school because I remember in middle school, there was a teacher that was an English class and they was talking about putting auto in front of a word. And it was like auto, auto something, auto something. And I remember a kid raised his hand and said auto mail. And the teacher, <laughs> was, was, the, the teacher was lost. And the, kid, the kid was too embarrassed to explain what he meant. Like, so only like a few of us in the class knew what he was talking about when he said auto mail, but the teacher was just upset. And she was like, what's auto mail? Explain it. And the kid did not want to explain it because he didn't want to seem like a loser, you know? Are you so, sure that kid wasn't me? Are you sure they go to the same school? <laughs> that was me watching the original Full Metal Alchemist, see, the one that they started like making stuff up at the end. I thought that was like super good. So when Brotherhood came out, I remember I didn't watch Brotherhood until like maybe the show was almost over because me and my friends was like, man, the original Full Metal Alchemist was so good. They're just gonna mess it up, you know. So I didn't want to watch Brotherhood. I thought they were just gonna like jack up the jack up the whole show. And then it was like after the show was basically over was when I watched it and I was like, wow, I can't believe they found a way to top the original show. Before we get to that, let's start off by doing our improvised 21 second recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap as decided by the roll of a dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. And if it lands on four, it's our guest, Sadik. So let's get the dice rolling and it's one. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Michelle. Three, two, one. So Ed and uh, figures out a way out of the gate and he uses Envy to get out of the gate and he sees Al's body in the mystical void place and he says, I'm going to be back for you. Meanwhile, Bradley tells his story about how he was a candidate and he was supposed to be Fuhrer and he became Wrath and Mei Chang follows uh, Alphonse and Gluttony into Father's Domain. Wow. I did it. Oh, yes. <laughs> you do that in like 20 seconds. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I'm just that good. That was actually pretty spot on. I don't think anything else happened outside of that. 
It's funny because we started doing a segment called First Take Theater where we go all the way back and we see people's forum posts from like 2009. And a lot of people say the exact same thing you just said. They said like, this is the episode where Brotherhood became better than 2003 series for me. And yes. it's so good. <laughs> is this the, Wait, is this the last time I'm going to hear Let It All Out? <laughs> yes, this is the last time. <laughs> this is it. That's sad, but it was an excellent usage of that song at the end of this. I was like ready for it. Yeah, yeah. The, the funny thing <laughs> is when, when you guys messaged me about um, this episode and I was telling you this is my favorite episode, I know you're afraid that it was because it was Kank Bradley, but it's not actually because of Kank Bradley. It's because of that last end of scene. And that act like oh, that's yeah. one of the most slept on scene in like anime history. Like Totally agree. Uh, it's not, so it's not a lot of action. But that scene is just so powerful. I lost it when he saw his brother there, you know, and you realize that's his brother, you know, with long hair and he's skinny, wasting away, and he like reaches back and he's like, I'm coming back for you. It's yeah. so sick. And then the, so cool. there's a psych out and the doors close. And then yes. and that's oh, when no. the music starts playing. Psh, and he bursts out. <laughs> I'm coming back for you. Fun bit of context. It's not like that in the manga. Like, in the manga, Ed makes that promise, I'm going back for you, and then he gets sucked into the gate. Oh, yeah. That was a good decision. It adds a, a, a reversal in the scene, like a little bit more drama, a little bit more attention right. in that moment. You know what I mean? Just one more unexpected turn. It's great. Before we continue our conversation about the episode, I'd just like to talk a little bit about the people who worked on this episode, the director and the writer. This was directed by Takahiro Ikizoi, who did storyboard, key animation, and directed some episodes of Full Metal Alchemist, including the pilot. He also worked on Naruto Shippuden, and fun fact, he was a key animator in a shitload of direct-to-video Disney sequels, including Hunchback of Notre <laughs> Dame 2, Mulan 2, and Pocahontas 2. So I'd say that's an upgrade, you know, to go from Pocahontas 2 to Full Metal Alchemist. Pocahontas 2 is a little better than Pocahontas 1, in my opinion. Well, but Pocahontas 1 is bad, so that's like <laughs> not an improvement. <laughs> is two, two the one where she travels to England? Yeah. Yes. I think it's more interesting. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's funny. Opinion. It's more funny. It's, more <laughs> it's weird. The writer is Mishihiro Tsushiya. He is a returning writer and he wrote Girl on the Battlefield and Advance of the Fool. We already mentioned him. So he's back. He wrote this one. Nice. Those are good episodes. Quick. We need to talk about the Fuhrer School immediately. Yes. We need to talk about that flashback. <laughs> because now I want to write a YA novel called Fuhrer Games. Like Hunger Games are for Fuhrers? Yeah, it's all about like, I'm not like the other Fuhrers. Everyone calls me King. Or <laughs> Funny enough with the Fuhrer, then I remember I, I actually figured something out. I rewatched the episode right before we did this recording. And this whole, my whole life, I've been going around thinking, Bradley was a king, even though I knew he he was a Fuhrer. Yes, <laughs> you know we had this conversation last week. <laughs> oh, really? That's hilarious. I His just name figured is it out today. <laughs> Michelle was trying to tell us this last week, and we did not believe him for a while. But but he's he's right. His name is King. They named him King. Yep. That's a cool backstory. When you when he's sword practicing with the the other guy, and uh, he stabs him through the shoulder staff member comes up to him and is like don't worry his only purpose was to help you achieve your goal is that is that like what <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry in advance for this but Sadiq is that like what your coach I, I, says I to knew you, you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, jokes, all jokes aside I have a certain sense of pride in um 
want to defend the people that I've beaten, you know? So I, I want to keep on winning because if I lose, now it's a disrespect to the person that I've already beaten before, you know? I want to show you, that, like, hey, you lost to me, but it's okay, it's me, you know? So, so, so Oh, I feel better, like, if I lost the best. The thing that really got me about that backstory is because whenever you introduce the bad guy's boss, there's always the danger of, like, the bad guy not being as threatening. And the same thing happens when you tell a character's backstory. You're always like, you kind of take a little bit of the threat out. They explained his backstory, and it just made him scarier. Exactly. <laughs> I think what makes him scarier was his response to um, Roy Mustang, you know? Because depending on what he has said, when Mustang asked him if he wants to be human again, then it could have went the other way, you know? If he, if he, if he kind of acted like, you know, sometimes I think about it, then he could become less scary. But he was 100% in, you know? <laughs> like, no, yeah. I do not want to be human at all. <laughs> Absolutely. The other part I liked is that he doesn't even know what... He was injected with a bunch of souls, and only the most wrathful ones survived. And he doesn't even know if that's him. Right. He doesn't even know if he's the original guy or some combination or, or some other guy. With this episode, too, that it made me think about father saying, um, are you ready to become my fury? Are you ready to become my wrath? Does that mean father doesn't have those feelings anymore? It's a good question. I, I don't think they fully ever answer it. At this point, we know that he wants to take these sins out of himself, but it's unclear if he's actually successful we do find out later in this episode when they talk about how the circle says i will strike down god and become the perfect being ed kind of pieces things together and he's like who did this you know and envy in which i thought was a masterful move he's like i'll tell you if you get us out of here <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. i think the philosopher's stone was created by humans and I think you might have had something to do with all this. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we've known that for like three episodes, Ed. Ed is just a, he's just a good um, protagonist in general. I remember I saw a, um, like an anime protagonist list on YouTube a long time ago. And I remember them putting him at number one because he doesn't fit into a lot of like tropes that are usually like in anime characters. He's mm. not overly dumb. But then he's not, like, overly smart to where, like, he's, like, super cocky or arrogant like that, you know? He shows a lot of flaws. Like, he's he's a lot deeper than the regular, like, shonen anime protagonist. I think that's true. I think there was a scene in this episode that kind of codified the character. It's the scene where Envy is like, would you feel bad for the log if you threw it on the fire? Yeah, D yeah Don't yeah. think that about your emotions. He is a person who puts emotion first. Even when his teachings and his knowledge tells him that he should put logic first. Mm -hmm. And that's wow, what that's makes really him a good. protagonist. That's his flaw. That, that's so good. It's his flaw, but also his greatest strength. It gets him into trouble, but it's also the reason we, we love him as a main character. Also, seeing Al, man. Just seeing Al. Like, for a long time now, I've been feeling more and more like, whatever, Al's in a suit of armor. I know he's sad about it, but it's going to be fine, you know? But it's not going to be fine, is it? You know? Like poor Al's just sitting in this white room. When Envy offered Ed the um the philosopher's stone, I remember she said, "Um, are you worried because you're scared that your brother's gonna turn out like um these souls? So is it, are they implying that that's what is gonna happen to Al eventually? That he's just gonna become like a mindless soul in the body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. so. Envy Nothing talks good. about how <laughs> these people don't even remember who they were what they look like. The only thing they have going for them is this singular desire to die. The souls, they definitely know who they are. Like you could tell when Ed is looking at them, they're trying to communicate with him. 
So that's probably right. just the way Envy and the rest of the people see those souls. I think maybe he does also, but the but the sort of mask, that face that sort of dissolves into dust and is like, thank you. Oh. That's thanking Ed for letting his soul die and be free and not trapped by Envy anymore. That's fucked up. <laughs> Mike just left the room. <laughs> this really upset upsets me. Sad. Oh, you know, you know what else is slept on in this episode? Gluttony's a pretty cool guy, you know. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, not yeah, so yeah. bad. <laughs> he's not so bad. When he's not trying to eat you, he's a pretty nice fellow. Yeah, he's just kind of a big teddy bear. He'll he'll lead you around. Don't worry, you won't die as long as you're with me. <laughs> I bet you those chimeras are reject fears. Well, that oh, just be- I, I was gonna ask that. I yeah, what happens to the people that doesn't become fear? Well, yeah, yeah, not only that, but like, what happens to the people who are after Bradley in that queue? Like, <laughs> what if like yeah, you can, you can go he's home. number twelve? So <laughs> you can, can you can go home. The rest of you guys are free to go. <laughs> can I just be like? Can I be like just like a really hard ass postmaster general or something? No, no, <laughs> we can't. Sorry, sorry, we got number twelve. The fear becomes wrath, and you become slightly annoyed. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like they come out like they're at an audition. Like I'm sorry, the position's been filled. <laughs> Please uh, have a nice day. Darn, I got I was this close to being Fury. You have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. With, with the odds of being number twelve, I'll probably be happy to be number thirteen. Oh yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I don't think oh, you, yeah. I don't think you was gonna survive that one. You know. <laughs> In the original um, Full Metal Alchemist too, um, the Fury was Pride, and I I always still get him confused because he still kind of acts like Pride in this one. He even says. Like, have pride he in what said, I am yeah, today. He talks yeah, about he how they it. all have pride, right? They all. Father created them with a singular intent to remove certain sins from himself, even though certain sins aren't pure in a way. They're, they have their own faults within them. Like, envy is not only jealous, lust is not only lustful, gluttony is not. I mean, Gluttony is probably the only one. Who's only <laughs> yeah, Gluttony is probably the most closest one to his. The funny thing is, he calls Gluttony a failure, but he's like, that's probably the most, the best one you made. You know. <laughs> but you know what? I think that non-human characters in fiction often have the exact same human qualities that they're <laughs> making fun of in the humans that they're, you know, talking to. They're right? just in denial. Yeah, they're just like, oh well, you know, I'm not doing this for revenge. That's a human petty thing. I'm doing this for. Cardassian revenge, yeah, <laughs> which is you, very different. Do any of you watch Hunter Hunter? Oh no! Oh, I haven't actually. Oh yeah, Brotherhood is my favorite anime. Number one and number two, a close second is Hunter Hunter. And mm. what the, the conversation you were just saying is like a big fight in Hunter Hunter happens with one guy representing humanity and another person representing these chimera ants, you know? And then in the fight, they're both like slowly switching towards the other side as the bad guy becomes more human and the good guy becomes more more evil, you know? So that I, that just reminded me of what you was just talking about. But That's if you cool. guys like Brotherhood, trust me, Hunter Hunter is a second... Like that, The only reason why I put Brotherhood before Hunter Hunter is because you can kind of watch all of Brotherhood without skipping any episodes, you know? It's mm. like every episode has something that you can take something away from. But Hunter Hunter starts off a little bit slow, but when it gets going, Hunter Hunter's peaks are better than Fullmetal Alchemist's peaks. But Ooh, Alchemist, oh, really? Okay. Together. I guess right, we know yeah. what we're going to do next. I have to ask. I want to know what you guys thought of it because I don't know what I think of it. When Ed claps and Ling thinks, <gasps> I've seen this before, it looks like he's praying. That's and cool. I was like, what are you trying to say here for Metal Alchemist? Because you, you would think that it meant more, but it, I don't think it go, goes beyond what Link said. I think he just he just reminded him that it looked like a prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think there's something deeper there because I think that 
alchemy is often treated by like a science. It's clearly more than that, right? Like it's clearly a cookbook for for reality. You know what I mean? Okay, like there's gonna, there's something I'm gonna have to give divine. You a little bit of a pushback on that one. Like I remember when I was when I was younger, we saw you know when you play a game like um if you could be in any world, which world would you want to be in? Would you want to be in Dragon Ball Z? You blah blah. Hmm. I remember the reason we never picked Full Metal Alchemist is you gotta be a damn near genius to be able to even use whatever. Yeah. The that's <laughs> true. in that world and the best thing you can do is probably make like makeup you might not even be able to make a pencil you know so <laughs> and some of them too you don't have to be super smart you just have to be really smart at one thing you know like roy mustang isn't the greatest alchemy guy he's just really good at lighting shit on fire you know <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is me looking too much into it but i do think the show kind of makes this point that seeing alchemy as a science only helps the military like, they're the only ones who have pushed that kind of way of thinking about alchemy. And then yeah. you have the people from Shing, and you have everyone else who see alchemy in this much more mindful way. They have reverence. They have reverence yeah. and respect for it. It's something more powerful than them. It's something that they can that they, that they have, like, a, a divinity towards. Uh, like honor. Yeah, this, this is a good conversation. And that, I, I guess now you guys, because I, I think I'm on the opposite side of you guys, because we have to look <laughs> at the way the show ends and see who was actually mm. right. Because right. I'm like, like to take away spoilers, but I feel like the way that the show ends, it leans more towards the military being right than it does everybody else, you know. Because at the end of the day, they, um, Ed and Al was trying to do something that was mystical, you know. They're trying to bring somebody back, and there's no equivalent exchange for that. As long as they're dealing with the equivalent exchange stuff, it kind of is science. You're right. All right, so I have a question for Sadiq. Bradley is your favorite character. Bradley? No, no, it's not. I like Bradley just because of how many body he catches on this show, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just the body um, count. Yeah, you 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 haven't seen the awesomeness of Bradley yet, Mike. So <laughs> I, I'm really I excited. Like him, but I think my favorite character, uh, if I had to pick a favorite, I will go... Dang, see, now I can't do it. I don't want to do no spoilers. But I like Hohenheim for one scene, you know? Mm, <laughs> like that's mm, yeah, right. That's you, you mean father? You... Okay. <laughs> or, or father, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard it's hard and I also like um damn. See, it's hard for me to say who it is. I like um Ling 2.0. I like I like him right. I like Ling 2.0. Yeah. I like right, right. We get it, we get it. Oh whoa! This gives me a crazy idea, crazy oh prediction. God. Just based off of what you said, Sadiq, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say that. So you, you know have what? The same haircut. Mike, I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to get into everyone's favorite segment, Mikey at the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next episode based only on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, would you please describe to us the thumbnail for the next episode titled Interlude Party? Looks like Ed, and he's clenching his teeth, and he's like, oh, I'm mad. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. What will happen in Interlude Party? I, I think I understand how to use the word interlude in a, in a sentence, but I'm going to quickly just look it up to make sure I have that correct. <laughs> <laughs> An intervening period of time. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. They're popping in on Daddy downstairs in the basement. And they're going in there. And at the same time, I don't know who's going to interlude. I think everyone's kind of interluding, if you think about it. Like, that's the whole thing. Because we're going to have Al and Gluttony be like, oh, hey, dad, what's up? 
and he's going to be like, oh, oh no, I, oh, I'm, I'm confident in this situation and fine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Ed, Envy, and Ling will emerge from somewhere from a gluttony or, or something and they'll interlude into the situation and then we're just when you think all the interluding has already occurred scar and may will come in and interlude further and allow them to probably escape oh and you might even get one more interlude with the fewer <laughs> and uh <laughs> colonel mustard might, might jump in at the end there too and so uh, i think what you're yeah. saying is there's so many interludes that it makes a party of yes, that is that is literally <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> and I'm hoping is is the panda plays into this this oh whole. Oh my plot god! This in a serious way, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. I don't. I doubt it, but I would like that. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode on a scale from one to five. I'm gonna get started by saying this is a five star. I I have not. I mean, we've we've gushed this over this episode for the past twenty minutes. It's it's a five star. It was just fantastic from top to bottom. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't give a whole lot of five stars, but this is one of those five star episodes. Like maybe it would have been like a four and a half, but then the last ten seconds make it a five by far. It just bumps it way up. I'm gonna give this an illegal six stars. <laughs> well, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> All right, because... now you're just showing off. Yeah, but I think it's it's a great episode. It's really great. I definitely give it a five. Also, like you were saying before, it was already a good episode. But that last scene with Edward um breaking down the gate and running back in that definitely takes it over the top. It's just good. It's just so good. It's a good one. Uh, Sadiq, while we have you here, I feel like I just got to ask you about the relationship between MMA and. And FMA. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily the relationship between MMA and FMA. It's more MMA and anime. So that's yeah. that's why. And then now it's funny. You're st- there's a lot of MMA fighters now that you're starting to see that are like really deep into anime culture, especially the ones like close to my age, because we all kind of grew up on that same kind of thing. It's like, right. It's the lessons that are in animes. You know, it's almost all of them, especially shown animes, they all typically revolve around training and getting better you know so when things like that is like when you've been watching something like that since you're like four or five years old it kind of becomes like a program and you know you're being brainwashed into thinking you can achieve anything if you just work hard enough you know and like <laughs> everything you're watching is having the same lesson in it the same lesson in it. so it translates pretty easily does it ever like come into your head when you're training like do you ever like think of certain scenes and like use that to like <laughs> move you forward uh, you want, and stuff you want, you, want, you want me to drop an exclusive for you guys right now yes, yes. My, yes. one of my best my best 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 training sessions at my most intense training sessions i put on my headphones None of my teammates know what I'm listening to, but on my YouTube channel, <laughs> I have a playlist of different anime openings, and I go out there and I get it. <laughs> That's yes. so cool. That's uh, great. So good. I hope you're punching people and you're and you're listening to Let It All Out. <laughs> it can't be endings though, because almost all anime endings are like are like a little bit sad. It's always open. And oh yeah. I it's like in my workout playlist. Like no joke aside, I really work out so oh, anime. Man. I kind of want. <laughs> I kind of want that link. <laughs> I don't think I was confident enough to make it public. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have one last question, which is such a dumb question. If you had to fight one character from Full Metal Alchemist, oh, that's a great question. Which one would it be? 
Am I trying to win? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You're trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I'm gonna fight um Wanry's grandma. <laughs> okay. You know what? That's a good answer. But I bet you she's tougher than she looks. Right. If, if I had to avoid one fight. I'll definitely avoid the Fuhrer. That, that's who I'll avoid out of everybody. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think you want to be fighting the essence of pure wrath. What about, you know, what's his name? Armstrong. I feel like, you know, he's... Nah, he might, Ar- he- Armstrong isn't even top two in his own family. Yeah, as Mike will see. And if you don't want to be lost like a panda inside Al's armor, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM, the word analysts, on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We love to read those. So, Nick, I'd like to thank you so much for coming. This is the moment for you to plug everything. Uh, can we post the link to your anime OP playlist? Or... <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Go, go, go right ahead, man. It's, it's all good. But everything, everything that I have is Super Sadiq. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch. It's all Super Sadiq. So, it just... Look up my name on there and you can follow me. And I hope you guys have me on in the future. You're welcome anytime. Absolutely, without a doubt. Before you go, there's one thing we like to ask our guests, which is, can you do your best full metal alchemist just like the interstitials? Oh, nice, nice, nice. Do I, do I get to do like a happy and a sad one? You could do whatever you want. Full metal alchemist. Full metal alchemist. <laughs> nice. Those good. Our best of season two is coming out this Saturday. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out or if you're listening to it, after the week it comes out, you can check out our best of season two recap episode with the best moments of the past 12, 14 episodes. Cool. I'd also like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. If you want to check that out, go to fullmetal-analysts.tumblr.com. Do be warned, there are spoilers on the Tumblr. And if you do fan art, uh, add us on Twitter. We love to repost those. You guys have some amazing art. Yeah, not fan art of us, just fan art of Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can draw us if you really want, but like... I'm not expecting No one's going to stop you, you know. Or... <laughs> <laughs> this episode is coming out on the week of the 16th of December. If we get 30 iTunes reviews by the end of the year, we will release an episode on the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood movie, The Sacred Star of Milo's. There's still time for you to go out there and post a review. Please do it. We want to review the movie. Even one word. Just say, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts on Season 3. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. Bye. Yay!